Hey, what's going on? I hope you're doing well so far today. Thankful that you chose to join me in this video. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about communion and what communion looks like, why we need communion, uh, what it means when it comes to our faith walk. And yeah, I think it's super important for us to know that if you don't have communion with Jesus, you're not going to be able to prosper in your faith walk. Our faith was built around Jesus and what he came and did. Without him as our roadmap, we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. When you look at the Gospels, what it really did is it painted a picture on how we need to live. Jesus came down and not only did he come down to free us and to die for our sin, but he came down to be an example of how we need to live. The way that Jesus walked, he had communion with the Father. He prayed to God. He would go away and pray. He would make time for prayer and he would have time with God before he started his day. He walked with assurance that he was in purpose. He walked knowing what he was doing every day because he was getting his information from the Father. And so in our lives, we aren't to be random. We were never to live by ourselves, governing our days by ourselves. We were supposed to be submitted to God, given instruction by God every single day, living in communion with him. He wants to be involved. He's a loving father. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be involved with our schedule. He wants to help formulate our schedule for us. He's an intimate God and he loves us. And so I think it's important that we realize our lives are not our own. When we give our lives to Christ, our lives are not our own. We now submit to him for the new way of life. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. It says the old has passed and behold, the new has come. If you're a new creation and the old has passed, you need to understand how to live for the new that's come. You don't know how it looks living in the new yet. And so now that you're a new creation in Christ, you need to be taught in a new way. You need to live in a new way. It's not how you formerly did it. That's not what's going to work in this new way. What works in this new way is being led. It's receiving words straight from him. And he's given us his word, his scripture to look at. He has plenty of word, plenty of truth to give us foundation, to give us structure in our lives. But what we really need to do is make sure that we have communion with him and we abide and we rely on his words to get us through the day. This world will teach us many things. This world will try to tell us what is right, what is wrong, what we should and shouldn't do. But this world isn't in charge of teaching us how to live anymore. When you accept Jesus and when you accept Christ, he now is the one that teaches you what to do and how to live. What once worked will not work when you are in Christ. And that should be a good thing. What he did is he freed us. He freed us from sin. He freed us from relying on our flesh and being controlled by the passions of the flesh. But he also freed us from ourselves. So how do we have communion? You have communion by abiding in him, by remaining in him, by involving him in your everyday schedule. That's how you have communion. This looks like having communion with a friend, having communion with a partner. You make space for them. So with Jesus, we don't give him what I like to call drive-by prayers. We don't just drive by and, hey, Jesus, thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Please watch over me throughout the day and uh, lead and guide me. Amen. There's no intimacy in that. With, with Jesus, we don't do drive-by prayers. We make time and space for him. Just like a friend that you would sit with, that's what you do with God. You get out your word. You turn on some worship music. You create a space and an atmosphere for God, and you invite him in. He's always waiting and willing to share something with you. He's always waiting and willing to make his presence and his love known to you. And you can't experience that in its fullness if you don't even make space for him. We have to make space for God to enter into. This can look like prayer. 
This can look like quiet time, having a time where you're just still, you're just quiet. You don't have distractions, you don't have your phone, you don't have your TV, you don't have your computer. It can look like still time. Whatever it is for you, create space. Make time for Jesus. I know a lot of people journal. I know journaling changed my life. When I was first coming to Jesus, I would journal every single day. And that was a way that I could remember things that I learned throughout the day, things that I felt I was reading or I felt that he was telling me. And I would, I would just write down the way that I saw it show up throughout the day. And it was amazing. And then as I would journal every single day, I would feel him start to give me more revelation when I would go to journal. I'd go to recap the day, but then I'd just be getting revelation about my life or things that he wants to do in my life, things that he wants me to focus on. And so I'd be writing out things that he'd be sharing with me. And it was powerful. And he would use that because it created space. As a content creator, the way that we get anything to share is we create space. I don't just turn on a camera and start rambling. What I do is I involve him. I let him download into me and pour out into you. That is what we do as content creators as well when we're creating for the kingdom. So we make space for God. We make time for God. And then in this space, we form intimacy. When you get intimacy with God, you get trust, you get faith, you build relationship. And all of these things you need if you're going to walk and live a lifestyle for Jesus. The reason a lot of people are failing in their walk for Jesus is because they don't have intimacy with him. So whenever they get tired of the faith or whenever they want to start sinning, they don't have the intimacy with him to realize how it really hurts his heart or to realize that they're stunting their growth as a believer in their faith. They don't really understand what they're doing. So it's easier for the, it's easier for people to backslide when they don't even know what's happening. It's easier for you to walk away from the faith because it's not as dynamic because you don't know him personally. When you know him personally, it's a lot harder to keep running away from him. When you know him personally, it's a lot harder to run from the calling on your life. With intimacy, you can unlearn all of those old habits that you're trying to shake anyways. It's not by works. You need faith and works to accomplish anything as a believer. You working really hard to become a better person does not work. You letting Jesus in to clean up all those things inside of you that you no longer want, that's what works. But it takes faith to do that. You don't just let just anybody into your space. You have to trust them. So when you get to know Jesus and you realize that he's loving, he's friendly, He's patient, he's kind, he knows you better than anybody else in this world. It's a lot easier to trust him and a lot easier to let him access your heart. Remember, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to let Jesus set a new rhythm and pace in our hearts and in our minds when we come to him. This all takes intimacy. So through creating space, we get intimacy. And then after intimacy comes the bond. Now we have a bond with him. Now we stay with him. Now it's wherever you go, I'll go. Now it's whatever you want me to do, I'll do. From that place, we can truly be effective. From that place, you can truly see transformation. This is the place of John 15 when Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. And so we need to abide in him. We need That means remain, we need to remain in him. And when we stay in him, when his words stay in us, that is when we see fruit. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. He also goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. This makes me think of all the things that we're doing in life right now that we think is something, but it's apart from him. So what does it really equate to? Oftentimes it equates to nothing. I'm not saying it, it isn't successful. I'm not saying it doesn't look successful, 
But in the grand scheme of things, with your life, with your eternal life, with your soul, what are you building? This question is really important because a lot of times we're building in areas that we weren't called to build in. A lot of times we're building these lives that we want, that we desire. But those, those desires are coming from fleshly, selfish places. They're not desires that have been refined and fine-tuned by the Father. You see, when you spend more time with God, your desires change. You don't desire like you used to. You don't want like you used to. You're not controlled by your flesh like you used to. When you spend time with Him, He changes you. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. But if you're remaining in Him, in Jesus and His perfection and His sovereignty, if you're remaining around that, you're not asking for low, selfish, fleshly things. You're asking for things that are higher, for things that are more important, for things that are not just for you, for things that are blessings for other people. You're asking for things that are actually for the kingdom and to advance the kingdom. And He knows this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says, I have no lack. God is the one that will be your provider when you abide in Him. When you seek His word, when you seek His wisdom, He will be your provider. And when He's your provider, He will never withhold from you something that you need. You will have everything you need when you're in Christ, no matter what. So that goes to suffering as a believer. We suffer as a believer when we mourn the loss of our older selves. When we're running from our older selves, it is hard because our flesh goes through this period of still wanting, but our spirit is going through this period of refinement and being built up and being transformed. So our flesh is running to evil while our spirit is running to Jesus. So then we're in this in-between place where we have to make choices. What are we gonna keep feeding? Are we gonna feed our flesh or are we gonna allow our spirit to be built up and be fed? Assuming if you came to Jesus, you realize that he is better than your flesh. You realize that he can give you more than your flesh can. Your flesh is temporary. It wants what it wants. And I've said it many times before, but your flesh isn't dumb. Your flesh is asking and wanting because it feels emptiness. If you are seeking these different desires and these different earthly fleshly things, your flesh is seeking. It feels holes within itself but your spirit is where you find wholeness. Jesus is what gives us wholeness. Your creator knows how to make you whole better than you do. He sees every single gap, every single hole, every single bit of brokenness within you. And he has the ability to lead you to perfect transformation in Christ. And it says that he is faithful to do that until Jesus comes back forever. As long as you are walking this earth with him, he's going to be constantly refining you He's going to be constantly pulling you to a better you. He's going to be constantly changing you for the better so that you don't have to suffer so much in that in-between phase between flesh and spirit. You don't want to remain there too long. You have to make up your mind. You have to set your mind on things above. Set your mind on Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author of your faith. He created this faith because he came first before us, showed us how we should live, showed us how he had communion with the Father, and then died for all of our sins so that we could have a chance to do the same thing. It's all out of love. It's a great love story. Whatever you've heard about Jesus that's negative, I promise you, it was false. There is nothing negative about God. The people who have represented God have given him a bad rep. If you're thinking Jesus is negative, then you need to learn who he is for yourself. Why not try Jesus? Many don't try Jesus because of what they've heard or because of what they've seen humanly, but there's not one person out there who has encountered him who just said he isn't enough. 
You see, there's no better friend, no better provider, no better father, no better place of shelter, no better peace than what you can find in and through Jesus. There's so many testimonies, and I know I'm one of them, of people who have lived in the world and through the world and for the world and then found Jesus, who changed their lives. He says, peace I leave with you and peace I give to you, but I do not give as the world gives. There's a peace that he gives that you can't have anywhere else. It also says in Isaiah 26 and 3 that he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. That's God saying he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. So when you remain in him and when your mind is stayed on him, you have perfect peace. When you abide in him and his words abide in you, your heart is getting changed. Your spirit is getting transformed. You can ask whatever you wish and it will be given because it's not coming from a fleshly place. It's coming from the place and the posture of the new creation that you've become. Spend time with God, give him access to your heart and watch the way you change. Watch the way that he lifts you out of the pit. Watch the way that he does things that you could have never done. In this place, you find healing. In this place, you find wholeness. In this place, you find transformation. In this place, you find satisfaction. Don't get tired of seeking God. Don't get tired of asking for help. Don't get tired of saying, I'm sorry. Don't get tired of running back and forth because he will always be the place that is right for you. And your spirit knows it and you know it. Be kept no longer from the free gift and the perfect peace that is offered to you in Jesus. Be kept no longer from your purpose. Be kept no longer. Be kept no longer from his arms. You don't have to do this alone. You were never intended to do this alone. And that is why we have Jesus. And that is why through him we can access God. That is why through him we have a good friend in him, a friend that will walk this life with us. And that is why through him we can receive the Holy Spirit. God's presence that resides in us and does not leave. And he says, I'm with you until the end of the age. There's no greater friend and there's no greater place for you than being in Christ. That's where you belong. I hope this reminded you who you are. And I just want to encourage you one more time. Make space for God. Make space to connect with Jesus. I love you guys. If this impacted you in any way, shape or form, leave me a comment. Leave me a like. Share this with somebody you love so somebody else can be impacted by this and stay tuned for the next one. Take care.